0: The first rule of the Zero Stars podcast is that you do not talk about the Zero Stars podcast. The second rule of the Zero Stars podcast is to be yourself and have fun. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Um... (laughs) Uh, yeah, this is the Fight Club episode. Uh, I'm not allowed to talk about it, but I want to graduate, so I'm talking about it. Uh, where do I even begin with this movie? Holy... Um... So, uh, yeah, alright, 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 I got this. We'll start with uh, the summary, I guess. I think maybe we should have a little introduction. I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So, this movie is about our uh, lovely narrator, Ed Norton, uh, and he is miserable. He's tired, literally and figuratively. Uh, He's tired of life. He's tired of his stupid job. He's tired of not being able to sleep. And he decides to go to the doctor because every day is the exact same and everything is a copy of a copy of a copy. So he goes to the doctor and he's like, hey doc, give me some uh, sleeping pills. And the doctor's like, no, you should go down to the uh, support groups at the church and see what real problems look like, wimp. And then he pretty much tells him to go uh, F himself. And that's when we get our first glimpse of Tyler Durden. Uh, later in the movie, we see the boys working at a movie theater and they are splicing uh, wieners into kids' movies. Uh, and that's kind of like what they do with Tyler in this scene. They just kind of like take a picture of Brad Pitt and like splice him in. But yeah, it's just like a fun little Easter egg, little throwback, little whatever. But uh, yeah, so that's our first appearance of Tyler Durden. Um, I don't want to spoil the movie before it's even started, but chances are if you're listening to this podcast, you've already uh, watched the movie. And if you haven't, then spoiler alert, they're the same dude! Uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, the narrator decides to go to one of these support groups. And he goes to Remaining Men Together, a testicular cancer support group where he meets this guy Bob. And Bob has ginormous honkers. Even though Bob is a guy, because Bob has testicle cancer, so he doesn't have enough testosterone and he has boobies. So that's Bob's problem. And for the first night of his life, the narrator feels like he can really get some sleep. Because he's somebody else. That's the whole plot of this movie. This guy just hates himself so much that he has to be somebody else to be cool. So he comes up with fake names and he goes to all these support groups. And at one of them, he names himself Cornelius. And actually, a fun little fact about the movie, because I know everything about this movie. uh, They picked a lot of Robert De Niro names for, like, the name tags. Like, one of the names says, Hi, I'm Travis, as in, like, Travis Bickle, the taxi driver. So that's just a silly little fun fact. But anyway, so the movie goes on, and this chick shows up, and her name's Marla. And Marla shows up to all of his support groups and starts ruining it for him. Uh, nobody knows why she shows up. She's just kind of there. And then she ends up going to Remaining Men Together, the testicular cancer support group. And she's smoking a cigarette at a cancer support group for, you know, guys with nuts. And she's sitting there, and the narrator is seething. And he's like, why is this chick at my support group for not having nuts? And, um... That's that's kind of like the start of his love-hate relationship with Marla. Uh, So the narrator... ...is all pissed, and they start coming up with like a divorce schedule for how to set up these meetings. Uh, you know, like, you can take them on the weekends, and uh, I'll have them on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So, that's what they're doing. And then he goes home, and it turns out there is no home to go home to, because his apartment blew up. So, at the beginning of the movie, we see him ordering, like, IKEA furniture on the toilet, and he's talking about his perfect life, and his perfect stereo, and his perfect little home, and how he's sick of it. And he comes home to a blown-up apartment. But in the meantime, I forgot to tell you, he, his job that he hates so much, he's like a car accident report guy, and he's on the plane 24-7, and on this plane, he meets this guy, Tyler Durden, uh, and he makes soap for a living, and Tyler's a pretty cool guy, and he calls him up after his apartment gets blown up, because he has Marla's number, and he looks at it, and he's like, no, nah, I'm going to call Tyler. So he calls his boy up and he's like, Hey, bro, my apartment just got blown up. Can I crash with you? And Tyler's like, Yeah, sure, meet me at this bar. So he goes to this bar. And Tyler's talking to him and he's like, Do you even know what a duvet is? Like, do you even care what a duvet is? And the narrator's like, "No, nah, man, I, <laughs> I don't know what a duvet is. So they're just talking about, like, Gucci and, like, how we buy stuff that we don't need and how we're just all materialistic little creatures and how it doesn't matter. And he's just pretty much spitting bars, I guess, he's just spouting the first of many Durdenisms, uh, which are what I like to call his quotes, because it's funny, Um, anyway, so, that happens, and then, Tyler takes him outside, and he's like, have you ever been a fight man, and the narrator's like, nah, and he's like, well, everybody has to fight at least once, and he goes, I want you to hit me as hard as you can, so the narrator's like, (laughs) "I." And he starts going ham on him, And then they just start fighting in the parking lot. And everyone's gathering around watching. But what we don't know is, uh... While all this is happening and we're watching those two fights, actually just the narrator beating the crap out of himself in a bar parking lot. Uh... But it's pretty entertaining. And it gets enough people revved up because... The whole plot of this movie is just men being tired with their lives and wanting something more for themselves. So they go to Fight Club to go be primal and do what they gotta do. Um... Yeah, so, next part of the movie, they rent out the bar, like the basement of the bar, and we get our first Fight Club, and that's when Brad Pitt sits there all oiled up and sweaty and shirtless, and he's like, the first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club, and uh, they all start beating each other up, I guess, and that's therapy for them. The narrator lives with Tyler now on uh, Paper Street in his little crack house, so that's fun. They have fun in their little crack den. They read People's Digest magazines, and they have books there and magazines that say stuff like I am Jack's Spleen and I am Jack's Liver, and that's why some people say that the narrator's name is Jack, like his real name. It's not, but it's just like a fun little whatever, because, you know, I am Jack's Liver. And there's multiple points in the movie where he says, like, I am Jack's, like, Sense of rejection or, like, I am Jack's, like, broken heart and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, so, movie goes on. Marla gets involved. Marla shows up, ruins everything. Once again, the narrator wants his bro time, you know, bros before hoes. And then Marla shows up and she's like, hi, Tyler. And, uh, Tyler Durden, you know, Brad Pitt, eats it up. And they start doing it with each other. And the narrator's really pissed because he's like, oh, that was my boyfriend. Oh, So he gets mad. (laughs) He gets mad. (laughs) And uh, he runs off. And he's doing his own thing. And then Tyler and Marla keep doing each other. And uh, that's when Fight Club kind of starts to go downhill a little bit. Just, you know, like, bromance-wise. But anyway, they have a bunch of odd jobs. They're working in a movie theater, splicing wee-wees into kids' movies. They, uh, They got a job at a restaurant, and they're, like, peeing in soup. They're just having a great time. And then... Tyler and the narrator start doing little chaotic things... Like breaking windows, making car alarms go off... And then it kind of hits a point where it gets too violent... And he, uh... Tyler's got this guy at gunpoint... And the narrator's like, what the hell are you doing, man? And the guy's like, listen... And the guy's name is Raymond K. Hessel... And he's got him on the ground on his knees... And he takes his wallet and he's like, Raymond K. Hessel... you You got a veterinary college, you're going to veterinary college... If you don't complete veterinary college and you don't keep going, then I'm gonna kill you. Because I know where you live and I have your wallet. So, it's just kind of like, chaotic neutral acts of violence, I guess? Because like, he didn't kill him, but like, he said if he didn't do something good for himself, he would kill him. So, I don't know. It's kind of good, kind of bad. I, I don't Whatever. So, uh, that happens, and then Fight Club turns into Project Mayhem and a ton of people join. There's this guy, Angel Face, which is played by Jared Leto. By the way, I hate Jared Leto. Um, There's nothing more satisfying than watching him get beat to a pulp in this movie. Uh, They actually had to censor that out in the British version because, you know, he got beat to a pulp and it was like all bloody and gory, but anyway. So, uh, he joins, Bob joins, love Bob, Big Bob, Big Booby Bob, my beloved. So, he joins, uh, they got a bunch of guys, and they start calling it Project Mayhem. And now, the narrator's really out of the loop, because it's, like, a cult, and he doesn't know what- what's going on. So, he's all confused, and he comes home one night, and all these guys are in the kitchen, they're making soap, like him and Tyler used to, and he's just like, what? So, then he- he goes into the living room, and on the TV, there's, like, a news thing, and it's a burning building with a big green smiley face on it, and he's like, what the hell happened? And, uh... Jared Leto's character is like, Oh, the first rule of Project Mayhem, sir, is to not talk about Project Mayhem. And he's like, okay, whatever. Screw you guys. So then he goes looking for Tyler and he can't find him. So he's like, what the hell? And then Marla shows up and she's like, Hey! And he's like, no. So, <laughs> he goes to bed and then sometime in between that he, uh, Tyler, like, leaves him, kind of. Like, he, like, goes into his room and he's like, see you, bud. And then he just kind of walks out. Uh... You know, he goes to get milk, I guess. Um, And then, I think what comes after that is he starts looking for Tyler, because everything's going ham, and he doesn't know what's going on. And, uh, well, there's like a mission that Project Mayhem does in between that, once the narrator gets caught up to speed, where they almost cut this guy's nuts off. And they're talking, and I forgot to list some of the quotes from these scenes, but I'll talk about it in the message of the movie. So, anyway, going on. So, they're about to cut this guy's nuts off, press release style, as they call it. And they said that they're going to send one to New York and one to California. And it's just supposed to be like a message. Like, if you shut down Fight Club, we will hack your nuts off. <laughs> so, that's that's their whole thing. Project Mayhem's going to hell. Tyler's gone. Nobody knows where he is. So, the narrator's flying around, going plane to plane, looking for this guy, following his flight logs. And then he gets to a motel, and he calls up Marla, and he's like, what? What do you want? What? And she was like, first, you love me, and then you hate me. And then you love me, and then you hate me, and then you love me, and you hate me. And he's like, what are you talking about? I hate you. And she's like, yeah, well, this is what I'm talking about. And he's like, well, I don't know. And then she's like, whatever, Tyler Durden. And he's like, what did you just call me? And she's like, Tyler Durden, Tyler Durden. Your name's Tyler Durden. And he's like, holy shit. And then Tyler shows up. And he's like, I told you not to talk about me, man. And he's like, oh, dude, what's going on, man? And then Tyler has a shaved head now. He's all bald. He has, he has a bald head. Um, and <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm you, but cooler and sexier. And I get voted sexiest man alive in 2001 by People Magazine and you don't. And then Ed Norton's all like, "Ah." <laughs> so anyway, uh, the movie goes on. And... Uh, Tyler is no longer in the picture, because he doesn't exist, and the narrator is just like, what the hell, every time I sleep, I am Tyler Durden, and he starts having like a midlife crisis, and then Marla gets like, captured, and he's trying to tell her, he's like, Marla, listen, these people are crazy, you need to get away from here, Marla, and she's like, yeah, okay, and uh, the space monkeys, and the uh, Project Mayhem people capture, Uh, Bob dies. Well, Tyler's still in the picture. Bob Bob gets shot on a mission, and that's when uh, the narrator really realizes that this is kind of like a cluster frick. <laughs> I can't say it. Just just know I'm not lame. I, I don't use frick. I, just, I have to, because it's a school project. I swear to god I am better than this. But anyway, so that happens. Everything is going wrong. Project Mayhem is out of his control. And then he's like, I made Fight Club. You can't do this to me. I own Fight Club. And everyone's like, the whole point of Fight Club is that you don't own it, dipstick. And he's like, ah. So he's losing. Everything's going wrong. They're about to cut his nuts off. And then he finally gets free. And the whole plan of Project Mayhem, because uh, Tyler Durden loves destroying history and thinks that, you know, the world should end. Anarchy, you know, gotta love it, whatever. He decides to put bombs at the base of, uh, credit card buildings and one of them will fall directly on a national history museum so he's like that'll be funny we'll watch it destroy Pricel's history and then we can write new history because we are history and uh, in between that we find out that uh, Tyler was the one that blew up the narrator's apartment and Tyler comes back because the narrator's trying to stop the bombs and then Tyler's like "Mm -mm," and he stops him and then the narrator gets to the top of the building and we go back to the start of the movie where Tyler has a gun in the narrator's mouth. But obviously Tyler isn't there. The narrator just has a gun in his own mouth. But Tyler's there and he's got a gun in his mouth. And he's like, listen man, we're gonna be eternal once we do this. We're dying with Fight Club. And he's like, no, no. But, you know, Tyler's insisting that they die. And uh, Marla shows up because the space monkeys got her. And it's just kinda kind of nuts. It's kind of a crazy ending. But anyway... So, he decides to shoot himself in the head, so that Tyler, you know, dies with him. But for some reason, the narrator lives? This is where Fight Club gets foggy for me, because I don't know what this implies. Because if he lives, he's going to, like, federal prison for the rest of his life. Bro's going to get waterboarded in Guantanamo Bay after this. There's no way that they're gonna let let that guy just walk. I, I don't know. But anyway, so... uh. The buildings are all blowing up, but the one that they're in doesn't blow up because he detonated it. And, uh, him and Marla are holding hands. And then Where Is My Mind by the Pixies start playing. And then he goes, Marla, you met me at a very strange time in my life. And they're playing. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's that. (laughs) And that's how the movie ends. Uh, but I just, I don't understand. Like, why? Like, what? I don't know. Alright. So, now we'll get into my thoughts. We'll talk about how I feel about this movie, now that I'm done summarizing it. I think that it's a really good movie, and I think that it's been received very poorly by the public, and I think that people ruin nice things, and this is why we can't have nice things. So, I'll start with uh, the ending. I don't get it. I don't think anyone gets it. I don't think anyone's supposed to get it, because it's pretty much the same in the book. But the book, the guy that wrote it, there's a Fight Club 2, I guess? I'm not reading it, I don't care that much. But I've read Fight Club the book like four times, and I've watched Fight Club the movie like twelve. And I, thankfully, am not one of those uh, Fight Club troglodytes that are like, Oh, I'm so Tyler Durden, I'm Tyler Durden core, I'm Tyler Durden, you know? Uh, Because there's people out there, particularly young men... That think they are so Tyler Durden, and they think they're so smart, and they're so like anti-government, and they think they're so above it all, and they think they're so hot and oiled up and sweaty and Brad Pitt, but they're not. They're like twenty pounds soaking wet, and they're losers. But that's just <laughs> that's just my opinion. Um, so this podcast is not for you guys. If you think you're Tyler Durden, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> but no, I I think this movie. It's a pretty good movie for what it is. Uh, Visually speaking, I think it has pretty cool camera tricks, and I think the callbacks with the splicing and stuff are really cool. And I think it's pretty faithful to the book, because the book came first. So for all you nerds out there, go read a book. But, um... Yeah, that's really... I I don't know, there's nothing really else to say about it other than it's like a crazy, like, mind... Mind... You know what I'm gonna say, but I can't. I can't say it, but you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, I hate censorship. Anyway, so, that's that's my thoughts. That's my thoughts on the movie, I guess. And now we'll get into the message. Like I was saying, uh, some dipsticks take it kind of wrong. And as I have said and will say in all of my podcasts, movies are meant to be watched, not copied. You are not Tyler Durden. You, <laughs> you are not going to blow up buildings with soap. Just because they tell you how to make bombs and napalm in the movie does not mean that you have to make bombs and napalm. So, uh, you know. Do with that what you will. Uh don't make pipe bombs, please. Don't don't make glycerin bombs, don't don't do any of that. Uh but now I'm going to talk about some of the quotes in the movie and some of their impact, because as I said in another podcast, the Natural Born Killers podcast, some villains are kinda right. And Tyler Dern in this movie technically is a villain. So I just I, I don't I don't know. I, I think kind of on the right track, he just has the wrong way of going about things. I think what he's saying is kind of true, about, like, life needing to change. He's just a little extreme about it. <gasps> dude! Okay, hold on. This is the song from the DVD menu when you let it play too long. This little jingle plays. I love this. This is so funny. Okay. Anyway, so, uh, let me get some of my quotes ready. Uh, Tyler, when he has Project Mayhem going, he says over the intercom, like, over a like, megaphone. He's like, you are the same decaying organic matter as everything else. And he kind of just makes everyone feel equal, but not in a good way. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. He just pretty much tells everyone that they're not special and that they're all gonna die. But there is a really cool quote in this movie, and it says, it's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. And he's kind of right. Like, you gotta give up, you gotta let go. You can't worry about your Ikea furniture and your your 9-to-5, and your. you just gotta do what makes you happy, you know? Because, like, everyone's gonna die. We're all living the same crappy life. Just do what you want with it, you know? Life's your own. You're alive for a reason. And then there's the scene where he's in Fight Club, and he's not shirtless when he says this one, but <laughs> he's down there. And he says, We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd be all millionaires and movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. And we're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. And that's just, like, proof that, like, these men in Fight Club really had nothing better to do. And it's true that as a generation, like, we've been lied to. And I feel like, even my generation... Like, when this movie came out, obviously, they're talking about, like, Generation X. But, like, when, when I think about, like fight club's influence today and like the kind of impact that it has on kids today i think that like it's even worse now like social media and cell phones weren't really a thing back then so it wasn't really about that but like i feel like now we're just all like drones and like slaves like that's all we care about it's just like oh how many likes do i have like is that dopamine rush that you get from getting a like on instagram really like worth it like do you really have to send streaks every morning do you have nothing better to do like, everyone says that social media connects people, but it just, like... I can't even, like, you can't even have a conversation in person anymore with someone without them, like, having to, like, be on their phone. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's sad. But, I'm not Tyler Durden, I'm not getting my Durdenisms going, because I got, I got plenty. But, on with the quotes. Um, what else do I have? I'm looking at a list right now. If you hear me scrolling, no you don't. Um... Oh yeah, okay, this is this is a great one. Uh our boy Tyler Durden here says, Sticking feathers up your butt does not make you a chicken. As you can tell I've run out of quotes. I don't care. Alright, that's that's it. Um so back to what I was saying. Uh the message of this movie Um Anarchy <laughs> I don't know. I have it written down here. I said, in my words after watching the movie uh, the message is that nobody cares about your Chanel bag or your Lamborghini or your Gucci. You are nothing but an organic cog in a corporate machine. And I think that one came straight from Tyler himself, just out of my mouth. Um, I think, I think this movie is just, like, such a big deal. And especially when it came out. I wasn't alive when it came out. But I heard that it just kind of, like, culturally made people think but also the movie contradicts itself because the book i understand it's like hard copy reading material but the movie it's just like in the movie he says we're all made to believe that we're going to be movie gods and rock stars but we're not like you are a movie god like you're brad pitt you're saying that and you're brad pitt and then after fight club when he had a shaved head he went on to do gucci ads like Louis Vuitton, he had like everything and he was loaded because of this movie and everybody loved him and it was just like, that's not the point. So I feel like back in 1999 when this movie came out it was just almost like a joke and like everyone was like, oh yeah, we live corporate lives, we're Tyler Durden, haha, whatever but like, it's a cool movie, cool fighting movie, huh, violence but like nowadays, I feel like it's taken a lot more seriously because people have nothing better to do. And like I was saying again in my Natural Born Killers podcast, People just have nothing better to do. Like, in the 90s, like, people would watch a movie and just be like, Oh, okay, I watched a movie, cool. Like, yeah, there were more idiot copycats because, like, they didn't know any better, but, like, now, I feel like today, there's literally nothing better to do. Like, people will watch a movie and they'll be like, Well, time to go copy everything I just saw. Like, I just feel like my generation's very vulnerable. And, uh, it's kind of stupid. Like, maybe, you know, we shouldn't do that. (laughs) Uh, but anyway... That was how it was received. So it looks like I've done my job. Looks like this episode's over. So, uh... Yeah, I just talked about it. Wasn't allowed to talk about Fight Club, but I did it anyway. Uh, Tyler Durden will probably be knocking on my door any second now. But, yeah. That was the podcast, everybody. So, I think I'm improving. I think I'm doing a little better. I'm not breathing into the mic anymore. I got it pointed above my nose now. Because I learned. I know better. Trial and error. I had to re-record this whole episode because of all the, like... You know? Hopefully that didn't bottom out the mic. That's a pretty big spike right there. <laughs> Alright, well, I'm out. Welcome welcome to the podcast. Get ready for the next one. That's, uh... That's it. Enjoy.